0: Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Baseball Buds Podcast. Today is April 24th. We have a relatively decent show for you today. We are going to be talking about a few prospect promotions. We're going to be going over buy or sell pitchers and hitters yet again. We're going to be talking about young hitters that may be struggling currently. What to do with them. Do you hold them in Dynasty? Do you trade them? Do you drop them? And we are going to get into some of the big major league promotions. Mason Miller, Logan Allen and the wonderful Stuff Plus lovable Simon Woods Richardson. As always, joining me today is Richard. Richard, your favorite basketball team won tonight, I mean, lost. How do you feel about the Milwaukee Bucks right now?
1: Uh, I'm not going to lie, I haven't been paying attention. All I know is that Giannis has been
0: out with a back injury, so... Yes. expect
1: them to lose pretty much yes. So, yeah
0: you love basketball I think I think basketball podcast might have to be our next venture um you know our. our
1: I see I see you on a, a trolley streak here you I mean like we did try so
0: to do a fantasy basketball league that went real well about two days in we realized we should have probably done daily and uh, I think about eight out of the ten teams stopped paying attention
1: something like that yeah I think I made it pretty far I think I took third but it's literally just because i set my lineup (laughs) that was that was the gist (laughs) well it It was was something to fill fill the gap it was you and two other
0: teams that like even were picking players up i like i think every month i'd go in and be like actually like who's paying attention and i'd see like the transaction report and it was just you three guys like constantly picking people up and i was like oh look at that like out of my nine starters i think six of them are hurt like that's probably why i haven't won in six weeks yeah, probably. But yeah, fantasy <laughs> basketball, uh, for those that you, of you that play, it's definitely a disheartening sport these days. That's why we are here to talk baseball. So Richie, let's jump right into it. Last week we talked about a couple buyer sell pitchers. We have yet another list of buy or sell pitchers. Um, did we speak on Justin Steele last week or or did we not? I don't believe we did. I don't think we did either. So I'm going to go ahead and list the first, first two names off for you. We are buying or we are selling. The first is Graham Ashcraft for the Cincinnati Reds, and the second is Justin Steele. What do you think about both of these players? Uh, are, you, are you looking to move them, you know, sell high, or are you looking to hold on?
1: So with Graham Ashcraft, it's hard because I have him in categories. He's been doing fairly well for me, except for I don't like the walks he's given out. Last three starts, three walks, four walks, three walks. And the strikeouts are four strikeouts, four strikeouts, seven strikeouts. I was expecting the strikeouts to be closer to that 7 to 10 range with the new cutter he was throwing. Obviously, he throws hard. He's known for his fastball ability. So I'm torn. I think I'm a hold on Graham Ashcraft because I think he can figure it out if he's learned a new pitch. I think he can alter it but i know he does have a low strikeout percentage before the show you said it was at seven percent if my memory serves me his right, uh no his
0: his whiff percentage is at seven percent, which percentage. is even
1: even worse yeah you want that at like 15 20 to be somewhat elite so that is not good at all um yeah I, I, I mean i look at the the teams he faced the last three outings and they are tough teams pittsburgh who's been hot Philadelphia, good team. I mean, the record doesn't show for it, but then you have the Braves, fantastic team. I'll give them a pass on that one.
0: So I, I think I'm a hold. You got to think though. I mean, you're arguing for Pittsburgh, who's been hot, but like if you really evaluate the roster, there's not much real talent there, right? Like, Cruz has been gone, and if you look at the Phillies, like it's easy to say good team, but they're not a good team. You know, Turner's well, been struggling. Stott's
1: hot. Alec Boehm is good. Yeah, you have Trey Turner, but like a struggling Trey Turner is still league average you know kyle schwarber still hits bombs doesn't have the average but it's not a bad roster
0: i think it's a misconception I, i'm going to disagree with you on that I, I think his last three starts have been underwhelming in regards to i think he's faced two bad lineups and then the braves and then he has to play texas and he has to play san diego those are like those are the two next matchups so like i think right now is the pivotal moment you either sell high or you hold and if he pitches well against san diego and against the rangers you instantly have, you know, fool's gold yet again, right? Because of that whiff percentage.
1: Well, well, it depends on what we're buying and selling him. If we're buying him as a waiver wire pickup at the beginning of the season, he's been fantastic. If you're buying him as
0: a top 30. Is
1: top he- top 30? No, absolutely. Okay. He's ranked 26 by ESPN in our points league format. Okay. Based on current points right now. I'm selling that at his current ranking.
0: I, and I agree with you. I, I think he's. I think he's probably top fifty because of volume. I think as the summer months heat up, I, I think it's inevitable he will give up the home runs. You know, it's like can he keep those walks in check, which we're already a little bit concerned on. Uh, if you are continuing to walk players and you are g- also giving up home runs, we're going to see that ERA shoot right back up to four. Like I think that's realistic. If he can end the year with a three seven five, I think you've gotten a very useful player. Problem is, it's like the Reds, right? You have the Brewers, the Cardinals. You have a good Cubs team, and now you have a hot Pirates team it's like the Reds could be the worst team in this division
1: yeah yeah absolutely the Pirates are have been shocking me I have not I did not see that coming whatsoever
0: yeah I don't think anyone did I mean they're playing good baseball you know like we, it's uh, it's early I don't expect for any of this to continue they'll f- probably finish second last in the division but um let's move on to Justin Steele who very similar has performed very well um did have one four walk performance i was against the rangers on april 8th but so far he is dominating 3-0 24ks 144 era with a 0.88 whip is this breakout that we saw at the end of last season is this real or is this not real
1: i'm selling him as a like i think he's ranked 10th overall in espn for pitchers i'm selling that for sure I am buying he's better than what he was drafted to be. I'm looking at his numbers, just the underlying numbers. He's got a 200 BABIP, which is way below league average. So the hits will continue to rise, and his whip will get higher. And I'm just looking at his left-on-base percentage, 89%. That's the highest it's ever been. He's closer to that 70 to 80 range. I expect that to fall. His strikeout rate, 8 per 9. That's okay. It's not great. So, I mean, he does walk a decent amount. He's at walking the least amount of batters he's ever have at 2.88 per nine when he's used to three and four. So maybe he's got the command down. I have yet to actually watch any of his starts this year. So, I mean, we were talking off the air before too. I'm one of the ones yeah I look at the numbers, but I also like to watch how a pitcher pitches. You can see where the catcher frames up and is the pitch anywhere close to where they set up? Yeah, it could be a strike, but if a catcher is setting up down and away and it goes middle-middle and the hitter just doesn't swing at it, yeah, he got a strike, but does he actually command that pitch? And that's one of the things I like to watch when I'm watching these pitchers. So I'm selling him as a draft day value. I am selling him as a top 10 pitcher.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's a shot. Steele could be top 30 this year. Um, I think he induces good ground balls. I think... Ultimately, he's shown you that he can go six innings, so you have the win possibility, you have the quality start possibility. My big concern, and this is dating back to when he was a streamable option in August of last year, has just been the competition. If you just look at the four opponents he's had this year so far, Milwaukee, April 1st, Texas, April 8th, challenging opponent, not going to discredit that, Dodgers, April 14th, again, challenging opponent, Oakland, April 19th, you know, let's just be honest, the Oakland A's are a minor league team at this point. But then you look back on his season last year. Um, I'm going to go dating August because I don't have September numbers for him. Some reason MajorLeagueBaseball.com does not give that. So thank you for that. Um, We have Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Washington, Washington, Miami. Those are five very bad teams at the end of last year. San Francisco, six. Philly, there's your first good team. Baltimore, we'll give that a a good team. Uh, Milwaukee, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. So if... You're catching on here. He essentially has had four tough opponents out of his last 12 opponents. I am really concerned that what he has had is kind of the hunter green effect from the end of 2022, which is just beating up on bad teams. Um, I think we need to see at least another month before we can comfortably say, hey, like he's trending towards top 30 this season. And his next opponent on Tuesday is the Padres. Tatis is back. Soto's in the lineup. Machado's there. Bogarts is there. I would expect for this to be his first non-quality start
1: yeah that'll be interesting to watch i guess i didn't realize how horrible of teams he faced at the end of the year i just pulled up the 2022 game logs for him while you were talking and in july he faced philadelphia on july 22nd went five innings only one run four walks two strikeouts so not terrible Then he had the San Francisco Giants on July 28th, went three and two thirds, but had six strikeouts, one walk, no earned runs. So he he did pretty decent against some tougher competition. I'm not saying the Giants are world beaters, but they weren't, they were middle of the pack last year for sure.
0: Well, then you have to look at, you really have to look at the August because August Miami, he went four and two thirds, no runs, 10 Ks, didn't even get through five innings. Then he faced Washington. Gave, got six innings, two runs, nine Ks. Um, Go ahead and Washington again. God, he got lucky at the end of last year. Five Ks, uh, six innings again, no runs. Then he went up against Milwaukee. Again, six innings, two hits, no runs, nine Ks. And then he finished off the year yet again at Milwaukee, five and one third, one run, six Ks. He's just been beating up on bad lineups. You know, like I, I need to see him face the Padres you know i need to see him face the mets the braves like he needs well, to go if through he faces
1: teams. the padres now he might do okay because every single one of them is cold They're besides cold? xander bogarts so i want to see him face a hot team like the baltimore Orioles or tampa bay rays yeah no i mean i like i'd, I'd, I'd love really to see that
0: but i guess ultimately if there are people in your league looking to buy pitching right now and you can sell uh a justin Steele. I think Pablo Lopez is a name that was really hot to start the year and has cooled off, obviously, of two bad starts in a row. If you can flip Justin Steele for Pablo Lopez, would you do that? Give up Justin Steele for Pablo Lopez? Yes, I would do that. In a heartbeat, right? Yep. Well, let's move on. Um, Our next player on this list is Pablo's teammate. We have the immaculate Joe Ryan, who has been absolutely dominant so far. Um, Richie, are you buying or selling the Joe Ryan experience?
1: Yeah, I love I love myself some Joe Ryan. I tried to acquire him in our dynasty league before the draft. Um, Jackson, who owns him, was too savvy and wouldn't let me get him. Um, I was fully. I was fully buying the, the breakout for Joe Ryan. He came from the Tampa Bay Rays organization, and they just do great with their pitching. I think he takes a step forward in his walk. I'm trying to pull up the numbers here while I'm stalling, but. I was expecting him to take a step forward with his walk percentage this year. So far, he's done phenomenal in his four starts, only four walks in his four starts. That was my big concern for him. It was never the strikeout ability. Um, He's already got two 10 strikeout performances against the Yankees and the Astros, so it's not like he's doing it up against bad teams. I am fully in on Joe Ryan. I buy him as a at least top 15, top 20. And I could easily see him maybe pushing into that top 10 if he gets the volume.
0: Yeah. I, I think I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Joe Ryan. I don't think you can sell with the potential upside that you just mentioned. I I think he's realistically going to be low twenties, mid twenties. I I think we're going to see some regression at some point. And I, and I say that because the fastball doesn't have that velocity that we're really looking for. 92, 93 is really what he's sitting at. And yes, it shows uh, it shows higher. He has, you know, moderate extension um but when you talk about extension it's it's nothing that's jumping off the page and that's also a concern for me um but again summer months like i want to i want to see what happens when things you know warm up in the midwest but what we've seen so far change in arsenal as well as the adding of the sweeper it's it's looking good for him and i think you talked about pedigree in regards to being a, in the tampa bay organization you know he he's been taught and kind of groomed to be a good pitcher I think we could just be seeing a step forward, but I'm really looking at Ryan right now, and at least in fantasy classification, as the perfect number two um, in your rotation. I think if you have him as your two, and you have, you know, possibly a Degrom or a Cole, you're sitting pretty. You got two guys the rest of the season that you can march out there, and you're gonna feel comfortable with. Um, well,
1: the other thing I like about him is just looking at his command. Pulled up his heat map on Baseball Savant. And his sweeper hotspot is literally right dead on the outside corner, um, and his split finger change is also sitting on the corner where he. So he's painting the corners consistently, and that's what I love to see. It looks like he ditched his curveball.
0: He also he also got rid of his year? he also got rid of his traditional change and went with the splitter. Um, his splitter actually so, had higher yeah. spin rate than it should have. So he's made two massive adjustments. I, I mean he's throwing two put away pitches that he didn't have last year and they're successful. As you just talked about with that heat map. That's, that's huge. Commanding it. Yeah. Uh, That that, that just doesn't happen. He's
1: at that age. He's at that 26 age that we love.
0: Yep. Well, missed the train on that one, didn't we? Well, Mr. Joe Ryan, uh, (laughs) nice, nice to know you now that you'll be rostered for the next four years. Um, We have two Pittsburgh Pirates. It only took us six years for the Mitch Keller experience to take off in full effect, but we have him on our list as well as Johan Oviedo. Um, Rich, are you buying either of these you know early performance/ slash like starting breakouts? Uh, I'm,
1: I'm still the jury's still out for me on Mitch Keller. I, I like what he's doing. I just don't know if it's sustainable. Johan Oviedo, I like a lot because he's throwing his slider is his best pitch. I think he, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think he throws it more than 90 miles an hour. If you're throwing a slider, a breaking ball that's more than 90 miles an hour, that's tough to hit when some guys' fastballs are 92. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, I wish I could pull it up for you, but I think he's throwing it more than he ever has before, like closer to 50% when he was throwing it like 20%. His fastball is okay, but it's his slider. I buy him that he's going to be a 4-5 or five for you. I don't believe he can sustain this with just one pitch, and that's my one concern that I have with Oviedo. But he might still be available in your league depending. I'm trying to pull up uh, how many, what his roster percentages on ESPN. He's only 38% rostered. If you're playing points league, he is a SPARP with RP eligibility. So I like that, and what was most promising was he only gave a one-run run in Colorado. What are your thoughts, Matt?
0: Yeah, I, I like Oviedo a lot. I was kind of kicking the, the rocks around trying to figure out if I was going to pick him up or if I was going to pick somebody else up. Ultimately, roster crunch did not allow me to pick up Oviedo, which uh, really sucked because I was probably two days away from grabbing him and, you know, of course, has another good outing, and, you know, now, again, in a dynasty league, that's um, just difficult when you lose out on that. Uh, to kind of add some context to what you were talking about, he's throwing his slider forty percent of the time. This slider uh, average velocity is eighty nine miles an hour. Next biggest I was close, pitch, I was close. you're very close. No, you're right on. Uh, next biggest pitch is fastball, averaging ninety six miles an hour at thirty three percent. He does have a curveball, throwing twenty two percent of the time at eighty one miles an hour, and he showcases a changeup, but it's only at five percent of the time. So, in reality, he's a three pitch pitcher right now. Uh, I like that he's using the, the slider at, at that 40% clip. I, th- I think that's something that is going to continue to keep hitters off base. I think what we're going to have to see from A- Oviedo is throughout the season, he's going to have to change his pitch mix. He cannot rely on throwing his slider 40% of the time throughout the entirety of the season. I think he's going to have to get crafty. and That kind of leads me to my next point. I think what we might be seeing here in, in Pittsburgh is kind of a revolution that we've seen from other teams around Major League Baseball. We might just have an organizational coaching change. We might have a team that finally has good coaches. Cuz you're seeing yeah,
1: Did they do a did they do a coaching swap like over the season cuz they never were good at pitching did they i want to look that up you keep talking that yeah
0: I, i think we just might be starting to see maybe more of an analytical approach i have no basis for any of this you know we haven't obviously done the research on this as you look this up but you're seeing the elevation from a lot of players on this roster that you know had potential upside had showcased like small slivers of ability in the past and that's mitch keller that we're talking about in particular here and i'm not buying keller per se but I think if there were to be a time when he started to become consistent, it may be this season as he's already showcasing you know, usability. Now he is a six pitch pitcher as well. So when you talk about Keller, he has a lot of different things he can throw at you. And I think as he continues to get deeper and deeper in his major league career, he'll start to understand where his pitch mix really lies and how to be most effective. I think the big problem with him in the past has been fastball, location, walks, ultimately leading to him not being able to get to those secondary pitches but I do think Oviedo probably is the the biggest sell or the biggest buy high here. Um, and if you have him, I just, I don't think there's enough value to sell him at the moment. I think you are holding with the hope that you have found, you know, potentially a top 50, maybe a top 40 pitcher that you can roll out through the, out the rest of the season. Um, Richie, what do we have on uh, Pittsburgh pirates? coaching? It, it sounds
1: staff? like they still have the same staff. The thing, what I'm seeing is looks like they did a, pitching swap at end of 2021 so maybe it just took an extra year for them to get things rolling well and trying to see if there's like something on it as to where they're finding the success and see if there's any like local articles here
0: well and you know this is something we'll have to we'll have to dig into for the next episode but it, it might also just be as simple as these young pitchers are developing you know they're being given opportunities they're finally coming into their own Um, because it really is, it is just Mitch Keller and Johanna Oviedo. Like, let's be honest, the rest of the staff is, you know, Rosny Castillo is Contreras is not, you know, lighting the world on fire by any means. So, uh, there is still work to be done. Um, last picture I have on this list for you, Richie, it is Mr. McKenzie Gore, the formerly high touted prospect has done pretty well on a very, very, very bad Washington nationals team. Um, I've watched a few of his games. I want to get your opinions on what you're uh, feeling and what you're thinking moving forward for Mackenzie Gore.
1: Yeah, I think he just needed to get the volume and the experience. I think also being called up in the San Diego Padres, there was so much pressure um, to succeed. There was so many – I mean, they still have the World Series aspirations going up against the Dodgers. Now you go to the Washington Nationals, like – If you win 50 games, it's considered success, so there's no pressure whatsoever. You can just go be yourself and, like, not worry about it. I wonder if that psychological aspect has anything to do with it. Um, Yeah, and I think, didn't he deal with some sort of injury last year? Like, I want to say a shoulder injury or something, so, like, maybe he's just healthy. It's what I expect. I'd like to see his command be a little bit better. He does have four walks and three of his four outings, but I think that will he will be better with time. I think he is a work in progress. Um, yeah, those are just my general thoughts on him right now.
0: Well, and you know, we we talk about some of the struggles he had last year with San Diego, but I, I think this is industry wide that I've heard so far. We forget his April ERA was one point seven six. His May ERA was one point six nine. His June ERA jumped all the way to seven point two seven when he really started to showcase struggles. And then his July ERA was 10.97. I think he started to see maybe that injury creep up a little bit. I think you might have seen some of that, uh, that stress that you mentioned. But he had a solid stretch here where he was facing Cleveland, Chicago, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Pittsburgh. So easier teams, let's be honest. And then Cincinnati twice in April in Atlanta and putting up strikeout numbers. He had 10 strikeouts against Cincinnati in five innings on April 27th of 2022. Uh, you look at his outing versus Pittsburgh, May 29th, seven innings, no runs, nine strikeouts. He has showcased the ability to go out and beat bad teams. And then you kind of pull the string where he starts facing moderately decent teams. Uh, last year, he had uh, Colorado in San Diego give up six runs in two and a third innings. Yikes. Uh, he had eight runs against the Giants team last year, July 10th. That was in three and one third innings. So he also has shown a case blow ups. I think what we're seeing with Mackenzie Gore is the perfect kind of profile for an individual that if he continues down the path that he's on now, there is a pretty projectable path to what I'm seeing, at least in my fantasy experience now of a dominant pitcher. Um, it could be two years away. It could be three years away. If you remember Cliff Lee, it took him almost till the age of 30 to break out and become a really dominant lefty. We talk about that a lot. We have our prime age range where we think players start to really come into their own, which is 26 or 27. And for lefties, it's usually a year or two years later. So, you know, I think if you have Mackenzie Gore right now in dynasty, you're absolutely holding. I think if you don't have Mackenzie Gore right now, is the time before we start to see maybe even have evolution in his game this season to go out and get him. Um, you know, hopefully, we're talking about this breakout and we're not thinking about injuries coming to the equation. Obviously, a big concern throughout his career has been injury. So, that's our list of pitchers for buy or sell. We have some hitters now. I- Well, before we get to hitters, I did find an article by Sports Illustrated based on
1: the Pirates. And surprise, surprise, their pitching coach, Marin, I can't see what his last name is. It was in this article before, Marin something. Um, Pretty much they looked at the numbers and the analytics and surprise, surprise, they realized that most of their pitchers, best pitches were off-speed breaking ball pitches. And so they decided (laughs) that they wanted them to start leaning on them more. So, not it's not only an Oviedo, they have Will Crow um, throwing more, Vince Velasquez throwing more of his stuff, Rowanzi Contreras relying on his slider more. I don't see anything about Mitch Keller, but I do know from previous podcasts and just my prior knowledge, he introduced a cutter in spring training that's been helping him out. Um, this article's paragraphs long that goes in and on, so I just skimmed through it, but yeah, ultimately they didn't want them to rely on it as heavily like Oviedo is, but to incorporate it more. And it's obviously led to some success.
0: Well, and again, you know, it can be slight changes and I think we're going to see that. And we're going to need to see, you know, as we are coming up on, you know, almost four weeks through major league baseball. Now um, we're going to need to see some adjustments from, from the Pittsburgh pitchers as the hitters start to make adjustments. So I think kudos to their pitching staff uh, and their, their pitching coach as well for making those adjustments. But, No, before we get too ahead of ourselves, we we need to see them at least put in half a seasons of work before we can start really buying into this and trying to go out and acquire individuals like this. Um, So with that being said, Richie, we are going to jump into hitters. Um, We have our first name, which is a catching dynamite hitter. That's Jonah Heim. You picked him up in our Dynasty League. What do you think of Jonah Heim so far? Are you buying? Are you selling? What do you like? Well, he's
1: hot right now. I like that. And I need somebody for my cool alejandro kirk who's done nothing for me i am buying Jonahheim for the next month until mitch garver gets back once i mean jonaheim has always delivered in spurts his biggest thing was he never had full-time playing time somebody was only going to play twice a week maybe three times if you were lucky but always had the power i'm just looking at his numbers his babbitts at 333 when it's a career close to 250 so he's obviously overproducing there his walk rate, strikeout rate are about averages. Um, he's slugging more than he ever has, which is evident with his four home runs that he has in just 64 plate appearances. But if you're a herd net catcher, definitely ride the hot, hot train of Jonah Heim, at least for the next month, I would say.
0: Yeah, Jonah's been really nice and, you know, a a guy that's been a backup a lot, especially the last couple of years, and really kind of pulled the the William Contreras um, ability where he's able to, you know, go out and provide while being a backup. Um, Next name on our list, Yandy Diaz. Big time change in launch angle, finally tapping into some of that power. You know, this might be the year we finally see Yandy Diaz hit 20 home runs. Are you buying or are you selling the early power from Yandy Diaz? If he keeps his launch angle up, I am buying. He's
1: always had hard hit numbers, but just like uh, Christian Yelich, when he was struggling, couldn't get the uh, ball in the air. As soon as he increased that launch angle, he took off. I think the same thing can happen with Yandi Diaz is just, can he consistently keep it that way? And that's the big question mark for me.
0: You heard it here, folks. 2023 American League MVP Yandi Diaz um no but seriously I mean, uh, that'd be crazy that'd be a <laughs> prediction for sure <laughs> I, I think there is absolute value there it's just like you said it's can he can he stick to the new mechanics can he stick to the new uh change in, in in bat path and as he changes launch angle does he continue to keep that exit velo and does he continue to be a contact hitter a lot of things that we need to see that christian yelich was able to still do and execute properly can can Yandi do it, is the question um I think we need to see at least a couple more weeks, maybe a month or two, before I, I really start getting excited about Yandi Diaz. Uh, definitely, though, if he's on the waiver wire and you have someone to drop, I, I think he's worth, just with his utility alone, being a guy that has multiple position eligibility picking up. A um, few
1: weeks ago, I missed out on him in our categories league by literally less than an hour, and that's the worst feeling when it's just like regular pickups, it's not waivers or Fab is when you're like okay i'm ready to go pick up a guy see if he's available and you remember seeing him earlier in the week or earlier in the day and you're like okay i'm gonna go pull the trigger and pick him up and he's gone that's the worst feeling
0: it is and and i think that's why you know i think this year really showed me the the importance of having two designated bench spots in any league that i'm in that i'm willing to you know to let loose at any time um because you can't wait. You know, I, I had that same situation with Jared Kelnick. I think it was like an hour and 10 minutes. This was right after he hit his either his first or second home run in Chicago. And I went on and I was like, I'll pick up Kelnick. You know, he was out there, like you said, six hours ago. And, of course, he'd have been picked up. And it's like, well, that, shame on me. You know, like if I believe in a player, I should go out there and I should I should have the the ability to to grab them. And, and you know, next guy in our, on my list, and he's available in our Dynasty League last time I checked, is Joey Gallo. I don't have a roster spot for him. Um, I, I predicted he hit forty home runs preseason, and yet here I am sitting with, you know, nine prospects on my bench because that's just where I'm at in a rebuilding phase. So, you know, be mindful of that next year and, and throughout the season when you're holding on to players. Like if there's someone really out really um talented that you like on the wire or someone you just believe in, like, let somebody go. You know, in a redraft league, let your worst player go and just ride with them. Um got a couple names for you, middle infielders, Nico Horner, um, Thyro Estrada. I'm not buying Estrada. I'm definitely buying Horner. What are your thoughts on these two individuals?
1: Uh, I definitely like Horner. I don't think he can keep up his average. What is he betting, like 470 or something crazy like that? I don't to pull it up right now. Um, I definitely believe in – this is another guy who's sitting in my categories that he got dropped, and I forgot to pick him up on waivers, but he's betting 355 right now. Two home runs, but that, that's to be expected. I don't think he hits more than 10 all year if he's lucky but who knows maybe the juice ball is back like you predict then maybe he gets to 15 but it's a stolen basis for me he's got nine already i mean i does he get to 40 oh, i he gets to 40 it's a 30 30 i mean no. we're not even we're not even done with april we still got five months of baseball left and he's at nine already
0: yeah but we have some regression with his on-base percentage and his average here um you know i, I think I think with the teams right in Major League Baseball right now are really testing it. Um, I also think there's regression in regards to uh, defensive positioning and you know pitching pitchers and catchers getting used to the new rule changes. I think we're going to see those numbers slowly slow down, uh, but he's just not going to be on base as much to steal as many bags. So I, I would say 30 to 35 stolen bases is, is probably a fair number. At this pace, Ronald Acuna is going to steal 100 bags and surpass Ricky Henderson. So uh, I'm it's trying to temper happen. my expectations, you know um what about Tyro thyro so i'll say
1: this I'll, I'll buy nico horner in categories for sure yeah and i will hold them in points because whatever you're selling him for it's not worth it at this point tyro strada this is a guy i think i had on my sleepers list for second base or shortstop i forget which one um so obviously i'm buying it i just did not think he'd break out in this kind of a way i mean it's still early we're only three four weeks into the season but batting 329 with four home runs it's the home runs that have me stumbled or I, I can't wrap my head around I thought maybe he get to 10 I did not expect him to have the power that he's he has so that's that's surprising for me for sure so
0: well and you know you I think' you, I'm, you talk about San Francisco's ballpark they were you know it was ninth in the league last year for um, right-handed hitters home run and slug. So there's definitely opportunity for him in his home park. Um, and he was a guy that had opportunity with playing time to be a sleeper this year. I think you're right with the power. It's, it's unexpected, but that just goes into the, the parameters of, you know, what he could have provided to you from an overall perspective and package, I think.
1: Well, I'm just looking at baseball savant, and you got to take everything with a grain of salt, but his average exit velocities, you know, 83, 86, 86. Eighty-five Last year, it was in the bottom 8% of the league last year for average exit velocity. So, and hard hit percentage was 31%, bottom 9% of the league. He's actually, his hard hit percentage is actually lower than last year when it was bottom 9% of the league. Is at 30.2%. So, I think the average can sustain. I just don't believe in the
0: power. So, after reading those numbers off, you still aren't buying that the juice ball is back. I need to see more data on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. But you got me
1: thinking. I'll say that. You got data. me thinking about it,
0: though. More data, he says. Okay, moving on. We have the superstar, the next Mike Trout, James Altman. What do you think, Richie? Juice ball, buying, selling. What's going on with James Altman's breakout here? I like his swing. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I love uh, I love smacking flies with my s- fly swatter as well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, Looks like he's okay. swinging a broomstick um, up there.
0: I mean, it's effective. It, it really. It, it reminds me of Trent Grisham's swing. Trent Clark, <laughs> for those of you that remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Trent. Very Trent Grisham-esque.
1: Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know. The book's still out for me on James Altman. I I'm torn if he's hot or if this is a legit breakout. I'm leaning more, so this is just a hot streak for him, and he's going to cool off. Um, He's in the bottom 15% for lift percentage, 22% for K percentage. I think these pitchers are going to get some tape on him, figure out where he has holes in his swing and it's going to get caught up to him just like uh mashitika yoshida um big similar game. things
0: big game this weekend yeah but similar things like
1: what i said with say suzuki last year when you were all on the hype train you're like say suzuki next breakout top 20 i was like matt just wait until these pitchers get some tape and figure out where to hit him and guess what happened he got tanked hurt for a couple weeks no he tanked <laughs> for a couple weeks i know he did and then he kind of struggled. He had a up and down. But, I mean, he did okay. But he wasn't an all-star like he showed in April. And I kind of have the same feeling with James Altman and Mashatika Yoshida. I can't even say his name. But you know who I'm talking about. Um, I mean, the power for sure is legit. Yeah, I don't know. That's my general thoughts on it right now.
0: Well, and I think you look around the league right now and you look at league leaders, you look at players that are performing um, at a really high clip. Outman and Pete Alonso are two players I'm going to highlight right now, because if you remember back to 1890 when the juice ball really popped, that's when Pete Alonso really popped. That's when we had players hitting home runs like Christian Yelich, where we were like, "Oh wow, this is a massive breakout! Like this is incredible! Like they finally figured it out." Juice ball goes away. Alonso is still a power hitter, but he's not a 50 home run hitter. And players like Christian Yelich kind of reverted back to just being good. Fielders, solid hitters without power. I'm seeing a replication in a lot of ways of juice balls, and I think James Altman is a perfect example of that. And I bring up Pete Alonso because he has 10 home runs right now, right? Like, we're not even done with April yet. And, you know, he's on pace if he continues to hit this week to possibly surpass the 13-home run threshold that A-Rod had. Yeah, um, he
1: only went from fifty three to thirty seven and forty.
0: Man, he really slumped.
1: Huh? I mean, but you you, you <laughs> joke,
0: but like fifty has been a threshold that doesn't get broken. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what you mean. Though that's thirteen sure. home runs, right? That's what you said thirty seven. That's sixteen home runs. That's two months of home runs. So there was significant, uh, like, observation in the juice ball that Pete Alonso does not have fifty home run power. And he's, on
1: a, he's, on a,
0: he's on a sixty home run pace
1: six, right now. Sixty sixty eight run. Yeah,
0: sixty eight home run pace right Correct. now. So, uh, the and I listen. I like Pete Alonso. I'm not saying Pete Alonso is not a good player, right? Pete Alonso has prodigious power, whether the ball is juiced or not juiced. There's there's no question about that. But I think James Altman and what I've seen from his swing, especially the home runs he hit in Wrigley, some of those balls are just fly balls, and they absolutely jumped off the bat. Um, just. Be mindful of this, everyone. You know, if you have James Outman right now, I, I would be selling and I'd be selling at a high rate. Um, I'd be trying to acquire I think a guy like Nick Castellanos right now is a, a perfect one. You know, he, he's awesome when the ball is juiced. And he's hitting three hundred right now for Philly. Harper will be back within a matter of weeks. So next on the list, Brandon Marsh, Brent Rooker, Josh Lowe. What do you think, Richie?
1: Yeah, I think these are hot streaks at least for Josh Lowe and Brent Rooker. Um, Jared Kelnick, I believe it. I believe the drive line that he did. His swing looks different from previous years. I saw one of his home runs the other night. It was high and inside and he I think that was where he struggled with and he just kept his hands in and swung with his hips and it just like it popped off the bat. Actually, it wasn't a home run. I think it was a double, but he smoked it. Um, So, yeah, I like what I see from Jared Kelnick. If you can try to buy low on him, I mean, it's or buy high on him, I should say. I would be trying to get me all the shares of Jared Kelnick. I think he could easily be top 30, if not top 15 outfielders this time next year.
0: Yeah, same. I I think out of these four names, Jared Kelnick is probably the only one I'm I'm really looking at as somebody that I'm interested in. And, um, you know, back to back days with a home run, had another one today. Um, excuse me, had a home run yesterday as well as Saturday. So he's continuing to perform, batting 319, uh, 10 runs, 13 RBIs, has stolen three bases as well. You know, he's still a young player, so he still has some of that, uh, that youthful energy in him where he's going to go out and possibly get you 15 stolen bases this season. But I think the other three names that we mentioned, Brandon Marsh, could be a useful player, could be a guy that if you're really, really uh, shallow in outfield depth, you know, you kind of have to use as your third outfielder um, Brent Rooker, obviously, is going to showcase a little bit of power, but he's going to he's going to really hurt you with the average. And uh, Josh Lowe is, is prospect pedigree, but 25 at this point. You know, playing time will continue to be a concern there in Tampa. He's going to be in, out of the lineup, um, but he's hot right now, so they're playing him. I think Jared Kelnick is definitely the most uh, appetizing name on this list. Moving on, we are going to go into some young, struggling major league hitters. These all were prospects with high pedigrees um and sadly i own most of them in our dynasty league so richie i'm going to kick it off with a couple of detroit tigers spencer torkelson and riley green what are you thinking so far are you are you dropping these players in dynasty are you um are you going out and pursuing these players in dynasty in redraft leagues i have to assume you have moved on
1: yeah redraft i dropped riley green um he just wasn't getting the job done for me Spencer Torkelson, I have, and if I'll be honest, I haven't been paying too much attention to him this year other than I know he's not doing so hot, 216. Um, I don't know, is it time to, Is it, you're probably a better one to answer this because you have him and you've been had your eye on him under a microscope. So I guess the better question is, are you buying or are you selling or are you holding in Dynasty? Because you would know way better about both of these guys than me?
0: Um, Riley Green's hard. You know, he, he doesn't project to have high upside power. Uh, he is more of a counting stats, projectable player. He, he had the projection of a 300 hitter. His swing is just so lofty. Uh, I'm, I'm deeply, deeply concerned about Riley Green. I, I think I think there needs to be a swing change for Riley Green if he's ever to, to tap into his original prospect pedigree. Um, and he's just on a terrible terrible team I mean this Detroit Tigers team is flat out awful and it's because neither Green or Torkelson has come up and done what they were expected to do Torkelson on the other hand I love all the mechanics I think I think he's I can't tell if he's in his own head I can't tell if he's overmatched I can't tell if you know if he can't get to the outside of the plate he does everything I want him to do he just doesn't perform um I, I think Torkelson's a guy where May, June, July, August, it could be a month where it just completely snaps and everything gets figured out, and he's off and running. I do not feel the same thing about Riley Green. I genuinely think Riley Green may be a missed prospect and could very well be like a Kelnick, where in a year or two he, he brings it all together because he's still relatively young. Problem is this team is bad, and I and I also do not believe in their ability to develop uh, amateur players at this point. Talk about Casey Myers, uh, Tariq Skubal. Uh, Matt Manning, you know, the list of pitchers goes on. You talk about Riley Green, Torkelson, Akil Badu. Like, they just haven't been able to take any of this raw talent and really do anything with it. So really concerned not only about Green and Torkelson, but the Detroit Tigers organization. Um, I think at this point, Riley Green, Dynasty Leagues, if there's an outfielder on the wire that you're, you know, single A, even double A that you really like, it might be time to move on. Um Torkelson I would really encourage people to at least hold on through June and if we're not seeing the breakout by maybe the end of June it might it might be time to move on from Torkelson but you just got to be mindful you know Jared Kelnick has proven if you are patient there are certain prospects that just take a little time and you don't want to be the guy that dropped Spencer Torkelson for him to turn into a 280 30 home run hitter um, the problem is counting stats for him too how, how, how great can you be on a team that is that bad yeah, yeah, it's tough. A couple more names for you, Richie. Uh, Oscar Colas for the Chicago White Sox, Anthony Volpe, and uh, Miguel Vargas for the Dodgers. Obviously, Volpe a Yankee. A couple names, two I like, one I don't. What are you feeling about these three guys? What's your projection moving forward, rest of season, and then Dynasty?
1: Yeah, Oscar Colas, I don't like at all. He seems to be struggling. He started out okay and then has since fallen off. Um, I think the book's just out on him. Anthony Volpe. He just seems, I don't know if he's pressing. He just seems like he's trying too hard being aggressive, um, when he should be walking and waiting for the pitch. Um, I, I I do like watching him. I just, I'm getting frustrated with not seeing the results from him and just the Yankees as an organization in general. Um, I'm worried about these guys for sure. Um, yeah, Miguel Vargas. I think his wrist isn't right, ever, or pinky, whatever, whatever he fractured, and they just let him stay out there and like start swinging through it. I don't think he's. I don't think he's right. So I have concerns over all three of these guys. I'm assuming you like Anthony Volpe out of this group.
0: Yeah, I I have no concerns with Volpe. Um, I don't mind the slow start. It was something again that I've talked about you know, in past weeks. I expected. I, I think he showcased the ability to hit the ball with authority he's shown good exit velo he's shown pretty good defense he's shown his speed on the base path like he's the type of guy where come july come august you're going to look at his stats and you will be like oh he's hitting 250 and then you'll be like oh he's hitting 260 now um he's just going to start performing this is what has done at every level he struggled and then he figured it out it's no it's no question he's in the major leagues now you know um but Oscar Colas, I've never, ever, ever thought he was going to be anything. Um, even when he was playing overseas before he signed his, his minor league slash major league contract with the White Sox. I think it, whatever um, Asian league he was playing, he was hitting like 250, showcasing a little bit of power um, while he was also pitching. People forget about that. He was a two-way player. But um, just not not sold on Colas. If, if I've got him in dynasty leagues, he's already dropped, which because I don't because I never believed in him. But if you own him, drop him. He's garbage. Um, Miguel, Bar- <laughs> that's wow, that's he's, he, he's trash. I had no, I had, I what was shocked. What ever do to you? He's just trash. You can't hit over two fifty in an Asian league. What are you doing in the major leagues? Um, I'm, more, I'm more, insulted that prospect analysis was people were, were touting him as being anything more than what he is. Which is a fourth utility outfielder who can? Oh God, I love when defense. you get fired up. Uh, uh, Miguel so passionate. Miguel Vargas, um, definitely not selling, not buying either at this moment. I, I need to see a little bit more. My concern with Vargas is the team he's on, being a Dodger. You know, Bush did, did just called up. We had this conversation off air, air. If Bush plays well, he's still probably going back to the minors. Well, Vargas hasn't done much. So, if Bush plays well, maybe Vargas does get relegated to a utility role. But ultimately, I think Vargas and his ability to hit 300. Uh, throughout the minor leagues, his, also, his ability to be versatile, and versatile on defense is going to get him playing time just hard with the Dodgers. He had his opportunity to be the opening day second baseman. He hasn't really devel- uh, performed, much like Volpe, but they don't have it as much invested in Vargas as the Yankees have in Volpe, and that's kind of what scares me, as well as having so much depth in that organization. Vargas has got to start figuring it out uh, before the job's gone, you know. And, and I think that could be sooner than later. But um, definitely Anthony Volpe out of this list is who I'm most excited about. Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. All right. We got our minor league promotions, which was, you know, so very easy for you to find today as you were searching through uh, where to actually get the transaction notes. But we have some names for you. Um, I'm sure we've probably missed some guys, but (laughs) if we've missed guys. It's probably because we don't care about them. So first and foremost, we have Mason Miller, the second coming of Kanye West or the Musiah. Um, I'm obviously not a big believer in Mason Miller. You are. So kind of talk I to like us Mason, about Mason Miller. Mason
1: Miller. Yeah, I just I just love his fastball. I love his command. He reminds me of uh, Hunter Green Light, um, but actually can control where his fastball is going. The one thing I don't like is his injury history and his lack of volume. Um, that's, That's the only thing that really concerns me with him and the fact that he plays for the Oakland Athletics and probably will never get a win. And depending on how careful they are with him, he may never see a quality start. Um, But if you are in categories, he will give you good ratios, good strikeout numbers, good ERA, good whip. I do firmly believe in all of that. Dynasty, absolute buy. I don't know about this year, but the years moving forward, I do expect this Oakland Athletics team to be better with their prospects coming up. Hopefully give him some run support and some better defense behind him. Yeah, I mean, the dude pumps 102 consistently and can control where it's going for the most part. He does have a cutter, which is okay, and then a slider, which I think is great. You disagree, but he also has a changeup, but he almost never throws it. So maybe he develops that. We'll see.
0: Yeah, this is a shout-out to uh, the Welsh who is one of the – podcasters in, in obviously the fantasy world and someone that you and I listen to. <clears throat> Shout out to the Welsh for talking about how Mason Miller has metal screws in his elbow. I love to hear that from my prospects that I have on the rise. Um, I'm selling Mason Miller after about three or four starts in major league and dynasty. I do not think the velocity is going to be able to be held up um, 102. Just it's not realistic. Um, you know, and I, uh, I had said to you when he got called up, my concern was his fastball is straight as an arrow. It has great pitch-plus pitch, st- uh, pitch plus stuff, metrics. It's, it looks great. Uh, he is, I think, facing Trout and Otani tonight. Is that correct?
1: No, he pitches tomorrow. Okay. On Tuesday. Tomorrow. we recording on Monday.
0: I'm going to go out there and, and shout out a, a, a big, um, what do we call this, a bold prediction that Trout and Otani have a combined three home runs off Mason Miller tomorrow. Um, and I really hope you're wrong
1: because when you're so fired up about something – I just, oh, I really want you to be wrong. Just I, the simple fact of rubbing it in your face. I, I,
0: hey, listen, I, I want to see a, a, a generational talent. And I, 102 is amazing. And I watched the start that he had just the other day. and I wasn't impressed. Um, I, I think he's a reliever. I think at the end of the day, if this kid can stick in the major leagues, he's a dominant shutdown reliever. But when it comes to throwing a fastball 102 miles an hour, there are two people right now that have been able to do it, one of which is hurt. Every single year. And that's Jacob deGrom. The other is Hunter Green, and he's like 23 years old. So there has not been a track record of pitchers that can just do this regularly. And Verlander back in the day was a guy that could do that. But again, he had he had the longevity and the track record from college to his minor league career. Mason Miller does not. Uh, I think it was 96 innings between uh, college and minor league baseball. The year he was drafted in 2021. That's the most he's pitched. So we're projecting if Miller can stay healthy, 100, 115 innings from you know the Oakland A's organization, allowing him to go. I, I just I can't buy it yet. Um, and his slider wasn't terrible. You were right. Like it, there is something there. I just don't know that he has developed his pitch mix as well as his arsenal with his lack of innings pitched in the minor leagues. And he's going to be developing that at the major league level. Tomorrow is the real test. If he does really well against the A's, I, I think I'm going to come to more of a neutral ground or excuse me, the angels. But I'm telling you, I think Otani and trout absolutely take him to the wood, woodshed. I think, I think it's, I think it's a bloodbath tomorrow. Um, and if I'm wrong, you're going to get texts that said, you know, Hey, you, you might've been right. And you know, maybe I slipped into a different reality. Um, <laughs> next well, name, it'll be interesting. It'll be a good game to watch. Um, you know, uh, it's power versus power, and we, we saw Otani versus Trout in the World Baseball class, a Classic. Like this is this is going to be if, if he gets two turns in this in this uh, batting order, which I think is the most he'll get. This will be four really good at bats for Otani and Trout twice around. Yeah, I'm excited
1: to watch it one way or the other. Whether I'm right, you're right. Either way, it's gonna. Uh, this is why you watch baseball. This is why you play fantasy for for stuff like this to see is this kid for real? Is he one of three people who can pump yep. 102 and be successful yep. regardless of injury or whatnot? Like it, will he be pitching in May or June? Who knows? But to actually go out and see it happen against two of the best baseball players, like that's what I love to see. So I'm not starting him um, for obvious reasons. Cause we have, he doesn't have a track record, but just the upside, if he does stay healthy and can command three plus pitches, It'd be, it's exciting one way or the other, regardless of how you feel about them.
0: And I fully agree with you. Then um, I will be watching that game tomorrow for, for exactly those reasons because you just don't get to watch many of these guys do well, and what how, can do. How often
1: can you say, I'm excited to watch somebody on the Oakland Athletics? <laughs> I haven't been able to say that since Matt Chapman was over there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that is very true, especially with what Sean Murphy has done to me in the past few years. um okay well the next name we have on this list i'm actually gonna do a little exercise with you after we talk about him um this is logan allen promoted to the major leagues had his first start on sunday six innings eight k's if i remember correctly one run uh fastball velocity sits about 93 has really good extension uh something that's different from joe ryan which we talked about earlier so that extension is going to ultimately lead to a fastball that's a little more deceptive it's going to look and feel a little faster than 93 richie what do you think about allen what do you project
1: I do love me some Logan Allen. Um, I like that he's got control over most of his pitches. I think his slider's pretty dirty. Um, I, don't, I don't like his fastball. I mean, there's the extension of the deception, but I think major league hitters can get a hold of that. He did face the Miami Marlins, so I'm not terribly impressed with that. I'm also concerned is he going to stay in the rotation long term Tristan McKenzie's injured Aaron Savali's injured I think he could be better but you also have Tanner Bybee who's nipping at the butt you got Gavin Williams who I think are both better than Logan Allen I just think Logan Allen is more seasoned he's older he's more ready for the majors than Tanner Bybee I think he had a few walks in his last start, Tanner Bybee, that is. I'm trying to
0: pull it up now. He got... Uh, um, there was a really nice article in the Cleveland five Post. Five walks um, for Tanner Bybee. He got outing. squeezed really hard in that game, supposedly. I didn't watch it. I don't have any highlights. Like but bad um-com? It, it was just a really tight, small zone, um, which makes sense because Bybee's not a guy that has ever had issues with the control, so... When I when I saw that I was like okay that makes a little bit more sense he gave up runs like it was a rough outing for him, um, I think they're very comparable I think Bybee and Allen you know like the Williams and Espino are they're armed talents like Williams has the well, chance Bybee,
1: Bybee can pump a hundred now or he 99. can but
0: like he, he's he's I think he's probably comparable to um, Kirby right like I think Kirby's better okay I think Kirby's yeah. better but I think Bybee's probably more similar to Kirby. Whereas Williams, he has frontline, you know, Hunter Brown type stuff. Um, and Espino has, you know, a lead upside if he can ever figure out how to stay healthy. But rank those pitchers for me. Rank the organizational prospects for the the Guardians, you know, from from one to four in terms of, like, what you see and who you'd rather have. Ooh. ooh. Uh, Daniel Espino's last because he can't stay healthy yep. and he's
1: injured yet again. I think I have to go Gavin Williams over Tanner Bybee, even though Mm -hmm. Bybee has made some adjustments. And then Bybee, two. And then I would go Logan Allen, three, over Daniel Spino. Only for the simple fact that I don't think Spino will ever be healthy. And even though he pumps 100-plus, he has shown that he cannot
0: stay healthy.
1: If he does stay healthy, I think he – I still think I'd take Gavin
0: Williams over Daniel Spino. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm literally same exact rankings, and it's like, oh, he can't stay healthy. I wonder if it's because he's throwing a hundred miles an hour, and he's six. It's because he doesn't tall. have screws in his elbow yet. Once he gets,
1: <laughs> once he becomes Iron Man, then he'll be able to do it.
0: It's sad though, because you know Espino has been, he's been such an arm talent for what three years now, and. You know, it's almost like he should be in the Mar- Miami Marlins organization. It would make more sense where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yep, yeah, got another name to the list of, you know, extreme upside arm talent, yet can't stay healthy. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Gavin Williams is the number one guy in this organization. Um, and I, I think BB is number two. I think I think BB is, you know, probably going to have, I would go out and say, like, the better early career. And I think Williams will have the, the better like high upside possible Cy Young, like candidate type career, but BB will, he'll just, he'll be a really solid pitcher. And then I think Allen will be the type of guy where he has six to eight week stretches where he's just ripping off quality starts for you left and right. And then, you know, then he kind of goes back to a guy that you have to consider maybe benching based off matchups. So I, I really like what this organization has done. So the question I wanted to ask you though, in Dynasty, you rather have Logan Allen or Mason Miller. Yeah, I think I know your answer. I think it's Logan Allen. I know it's Logan Allen. Yep, 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 yep. And I, and I think you're right. I, Mason Miller has higher upside, but has a much, much, much one, yeah. lower floor. He's riskier. He's yeah, riskier yeah. for <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. But um, if
1: Mason Miller, I mean, like, I don't want to – it's hard to say because there's so – but like like you said, I mean, he throws as fast as Jacob deGrom. That's probably his highest ceiling. I'm not saying he could be Jacob deGrom, but like the pieces are there if he can put everything together, but I, I don't I don't see it happening. Well, and... <sighs> I don't think Logan Allen could ever be as good as Jacob deGrom. No. I think the best you
0: see is him as your number three, four starter. I don't think you see anything better than that. But see, like we're talking about Miller and Hunter Green, which I think is a fair comp. Hunter Green came into the league with a very good slider. Miller does not have a very good slider. I saw, I saw a pretty decent slider in his first start, which like I would agree with that. Where like at times he could locate, and other times it was absolutely not where he intended it to go, but it looked good. <laughs> it was like still in a swinging strike. But that's Um, the
1: thing is he, for the most part, can command it. Where Hunter Green still can't figure it out. So, like, would you rather have? It goes back to that that debate we always have. Would you rather have somebody who can command it with a little less, you know, stuff on it, or would you rather have somebody who can throw the best stuff and they have no idea where it's going and they could walk six people back to back to back. Well, but this is the thing
0: we've seen Hunter Green in eight start stretches have a one six ERA which was the end of last year you know we've seen him dominate um, and we've seen him he has the track record like I just got I want I need to see Mason Miller tomorrow I I think that's that's it like I need to watch whether he gives us four or five innings tomorrow I need to see every single pitch he throws and I will have a much better feel for whether I my initial you know analysis was correct or if I was dead wrong and I want to you know hope and pray on my pillow that this kid's gonna stay healthy yeah, I mean, either way, it's. I'm trying to think. I'm trying
1: to see what time is that game tomorrow.
0: Well, is well, it a day game or night game? I was positive it's a night game. I'm pretty sure we're talking it's about. It's got to be.
1: I don't think Tuesday games
0: are. It should be game, a. Game, it game. should be West Coast. I think they're playing in Anaheim. It's got to be a night game then. Should be the last game of the day. Uh, nope, yeah, 6.38 p.m. in Anaheim. Yeah, dude, I, I was dreaming about it last night. Otani was just hitting 580-foot nukes. His exit velo was 187 off the Mason Miller 102. <laughs> it, it was crazy. The ball, you couldn't even see uh, it. It went so far so fast. Okay, um, let's move on. Let's move on. So uh, Simon Woods Richardson did make his Major League debut. Uh, Mr. A dominant stuff plus. Was awful. Uh, you did watch this? Is this correct? You watched a little bit of Richardson. I watched part of an ending,
1: not the full thing. Um, and this is why I don't fully agree with stuff plus. Um, it's one of those things like, yeah, I like it, but you can't you can't take it as gospel because he had the best stuff according to triple A numbers. I believe it was by rates and barrel and. Then, as soon as that came out, he got lit up in AAA, and then he got called up. Uh, Let's see. What did he do? He went four
0: and two-thirds, seven hits, five earned runs, three walks, five Ks, and was immediately sent back to AAA.
1: Yeah, so the one inning I watched, he actually did do good. He struck with the two batters, and I think he gave up a hit, so it was not one of the three and (laughs) two-thirds where he got lit up. So the, the stuff I watched is... His fastball's not fast. I think it sits like ninety-two, um, but he seemed like he had decent control. I just don't think he has the stuff, or he's still developing. I think he's only like twenty-one or twenty-two or something. Yeah, like twenty-two. That. So he's still young. He's still developing. He can get the velocity. He can, he can grow into it. Somebody put on your watch list for Dynasty. I don't know if I'd be picking him up quite
0: yet. Well, and. Um... I think one of the really cool things in this game, and this kind of reverts back to the concept that we talk about with, which is prospects facing former prospects and kind of like, you know, turn forward the clock. He gave a three run home run to CJ Abrams. And it's like, we've all but forgotten about CJ Abrams in a lot of the ways. And like CJ was a top 10 prospect, you know, he's homering off Woods Richardson who has, you know, plus, plus um, stuff, plus metrics from AAA, like, we might be talking about this in four years is, Hey, CJ Abrams now a household name. And Wood Richardson is like trying to break that 26 year old threshold that we hold so dearly in our analysis. Uh, He's just not ready and um, needs to go back down to triple a as they sent him. And he needs to really work on some things, but definitely, as you said, I got to add to your watch lists. Uh, Richie, I'm going to run off a few names for you here. I'm going to save the last name for our, our last conversation of the night, but uh, Michael McGreary to AAA promotion. Andrew Abbott to AAA promotion. Uh, Lynn Richardson to AA. I'm actually not familiar with Lynn Richardson. So McGreary and Richardson, talk to me a little bit about these promotions and um, kind of go in depth on what you like about McGreary and Richardson.
1: Yeah, Michael McGreevy. he is a right-handed pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, was in AA. He was their 2021 first-round draft pick, 18th overall. He's got average stuff according to mlb 50 fastball 50 grade fastball 50 grade curve 55 slider 45 change up 55 control so pretty much average around the board um, what he did in triple a so far across three starts 18 and two thirds only one walk 16 strikeouts whip at 0.96 so that's what earned him a call up to triple a um, what's interesting is does he do well enough at AAA to help the Cardinals and their awful pitching staff that they have going on this year? That's the one thing. I'm, I'm going to keep an eye and see how he does in Triple I expect a little bit regression just because he doesn't seem like he has one of those put-away pitches at 70 or 80 grades um, by the scouts. So that that's one of a, a wait-and-see kind of things. But he is a first-round talent, so can't put that past him. Just two years removed. And then the other guy, um, Andrew Abbott, I think we talked about last podcast, but he's been dominating AA. It was only a matter of time before he moves to AAA. I think he's got an outstanding curveball, if I'm not mistaken.
0: That's his put-away pitch. Is that right, Matt? Plus, plus slider. Um, Is that slider? Curveball as well. Moderate changeup. 92-93 fastball.
1: okay. Okay. Um, so Lion Richardson, also for the Cincinnati Reds, he's getting promoted to double A. Um, he was their second-round selection in 2018. Doesn't get the greatest grades on his stuff, 45 across the board with a 55 slider. But in his three starts so far, he's got gone nine innings with 18 strikeouts to only one walk with a .67 whip. So clearly was too dominant for that league he didn't pitch at all in 2022 so i'm trying to see what was his injury or what yeah he had tommy john surgery at the end of 2021 so he missed all of 2022 because his fastball sits around 98
0: yeah when i was gonna say you're talking about a 23 year old in single a you know like
1: yeah, he needs to be you up higher. You should be. Yeah.
0: You should be doing this. Um, you know, I, I can't even imagine if Andrew Abbott were in single A, he'd probably be throwing 27 <laughs> strikeout perfect games. You know, Clayton, right. you know, a la Clayton exactly. Kershaw. Um, but Lynn Richardson, you, know, you can't. You can't just discount a kid because he had an injury. Like 23, I think with him, after you've kind of dissected this for me, I would expect a fast rise. If he can go to Double A and he can pitch really well. Give him two three months, immediate promotion to AAA. Give him two starts in AAA, and then promote him to the club, because we have Luke Weaver, and um, it's, it's like Cesa or whatever. I can't even think of his name because he's that irrelevant in L- fantasy. Luis Sessa. Sessa. God, he sucks. <laughs> um, you know, bring up Abbott already. Like this is just ridiculous. But yeah, you know, to the point. It's you like,
1: gotta give him seasoning, and it's not worth wasting their, their um. Uh, I their clock. Yeah, uh, no, I understand. Uh, arbitration clock. Yeah, well, what's the point? You're not competing this year anyway. So what's yeah. the
0: point? Yeah, I mean the Pirates have already won this division. Who are we kidding ourselves? Um, but no, Lynn <laughs> Richardson. Like, let's watch what he does a double A. Right? If he can put together a good month, month and a half. I two think months. it's
1: Lion Richardson. It's
0: L-Y-O-N. Don't be lion. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's nice. Um, all right, Richie, we're over an hour. Let's let's wrap this up. We got one last name. He is the this guys. Future superstar. He sucks. He's horrible. MLB. He's Jackson Holiday, and um, really nice start, man. This kid, this is a pedigree from a professional father that was in the league. I love his swing. Um, I think he looks like a child. Uh, He's got a baby face for days. Uh, What do you think of Jackson Holiday's, you know, start? What do you think of the swing? If you've watched it, Um, producing at a very high level right now.
1: Yeah, I guess I was wrong because I remember when the Orioles took him first overall, I was calling them idiots for not taking Drew Jones or Tamar Johnson. Um, but it looks like I was the wrong one, and that's probably why I'm not in baseball scouting. <laughs> 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 um, but no, yeah, he was always known for his hit tool and not so much his power. He does have two home runs this year, so that's nice to see in the limited Both play the so, Yeah, Both opposite fields. Yeah. That's the one thing I'll be watching is can he – Put some weight on his frame there and develop that power a little bit more. He's only 19, so, I mean, I remember when I was 19, I was a skinny kid, too, and I put on some weight. Um, You've always been a chunker, not not, not, not from just donuts and beer, either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, no, he has a frame. Yeah, but no, yeah, yeah. He, he's good. He has, that. A, he has a projectable frame. I, I think when I watch him, I, I, I see flashes of what Bryce Terrain could have been. And just never was. You know, when Terang was drafted, the idea was that he would come in and he hit first contact player with speed and good defense. And that's exactly what Jackson Holiday was presented as. But Jackson Holiday came in and started hitting immediately. And I think his projectable frame goes to the, to the concept that you just said. It's like, can he add weight? Well, I'm going to lean on his father who is like 6'4, 240, Mr, you know, Hulk himself.
1: But he didn't have a baby face.
0: No, he didn't have a baby face. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if you actually look at a young Matt Holiday, he had like a like kind of like a thick baby face. Right. Um but I'm I am very excited for Jackson Holiday, promoted to high A. This will be another good test for him. Um I I think we could see Jackson Holiday in double A by the end of this year. Um, with kind of the preseason hype next year of like, will he break camp, which I, I don't think he will. I think he needs at least, you know, two, three months in the minor leagues next year. We have a lot of projecting to still do and he has to perform, but two really nice opposite field home runs this year, really good contact skills, uh, go with the glove. And you know, he's just, he's just got to hit puberty. That's all he's got to do left. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, Matt Holiday does not have a baby face. He used whatsoever. to. He's
0: like forty-eight years old now, Richie. Probably like forty-five. Well, but. these photos look like he's late twenties, early thirties. He still looks I'm young. Like if you watched the video when Jackson was drafted, you'd be like, which one is which one of these guys is actually getting drafted? You'd be like. The guy on the couch that's like, you know, yoked out of his mind. He's 18 years old. i like, I can't believe it. Like, maybe you know, a cycle of steroids like aged him a little bit. He's got gray in his beard. Yeah, I like this guy. I'm 13. Who's the greatest meme of all time? Um, oh, from uh, the Benchwarmers yes, movie. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. This my ID. Um, last name. <laughs> I actually want to talk to you about. And it's not on our list, and it has nothing to do with promotions. Is Tamar Johnson? Uh, I texted you off the side this week about Tamar. He had his first uh, minor league hit. Uh, He is back from the injury. Absolutely beautiful swing. Um, You know, I just, you you roster him in Dynasty, so I kind of wanted to see what you're projecting for him rest of season. He is an A-ball as well. What are your thoughts on Tamar Johnson? I just want him to stay healthy. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, No, I, I love this kid. I
1: did a little bit of studying up on him when he was possibly scouted to be number one overall in the draft, and plus second base is so thin, so I That drew extra attention for me. Um, He does get a 70 grade hit tool by MLB and a 60 grade power. So, if those come to fruition, we're hopefully maybe the next Jose Altuve. That is a very lofty expectation. And I don't think we see him for at least two, three years. I'm hoping he can at least bat above 300 with maybe 10 to 15 home runs and get to, I think he's in low A. I think he can get, hopefully he can get to high A by mid season and maybe get to double A by the end of the season. But I think realistically he ends at high A um, at some point this year.
0: Yeah. I love that. I, I think, I think what we're seeing is a, a more exciting, entertaining version of Luis Ariz. I think that's hopefully what Pittsburgh got him. You know, like you said, 10, 15 home runs. He just doesn't showcase the power right now. Cause he's, he's a shorter individual. And and his swing only eighteen. <laughs> he's, you know, he's nineteen. You gotta—he's gotta, almost able to, you know, go out and drink at the bar. He's got a couple of years left until okay. that ID passes. But um, I am twenty-one on a piece of paper. Yes, let me in. I play Major League Baseball. I have lots of money. Um, the swing's great, but it's not a power swing. It's definitely a contact swing. You know, he has a couple of years, obviously in the minor league still to develop. Maybe that changes. Maybe he grows into a little power. Maybe he grows into the body. But I think what you're seeing is elite back-to-ball skills with a great swing. And Pittsburgh is going to have a guy that should bat top of the order, hit 300. And like you said, 10, 15 home runs. I think as of right now is the ceiling. We could see that grow. Um, And then drew Jones, last guy kind of in this draft class that we really liked, just absolutely abysmal. You have said your concerns are that this labrum injury may cause um, rust and residual effects with the bat. I'm actually starting to believe what you said. Um, He's just not ready yet. He's, he's very rusty. We'll kind of check back in on Tamar Johnson and Drew Jones as the season continues.
1: Tamar Johnson turns 19 on June 11th, Matt. Yeah, it's it's June
0: 13th. What are you talking about? It's June
1: 10th. Two two more months. Two more months.
0: (laughs) Okay, you were right. You were right. You won't be right about Mason Miller, but you were right about this one. Um, all right, if everyone. If I'm wrong about him, I'm wrong about him. Yeah, that's how I feel. So, might as well get excited about how you feel, right? So we're yeah, gonna have. Then
1: I'll trade him to you for Spencer Turcozin.
0: <laughs> and I'll trade him to Tanner for Spencer Strider. Um, yeah, good look with that. <laughs> all right, everyone. That wraps us. We are over the hour mark right now. Hope this was entertaining for you. Hope you stuck around. We will catch you next Wednesday.